0: Monday morning, you sure the fight. Friday, I got travel on my mind. First you love me, then you fade away. I can't go on believing this way. Good morning, NFL fans, and welcome to another edition of Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. We had some great action in week 13 of the NFL. We're going to start off with a division rival game that was on Sunday night football. The Philadelphia Eagles went to visit the Dallas Cowboys. Now this was a must win for those Cowboys lost on Thanksgiving. We talked to Wayne Hood on last week's show about that loss and the Cowboys situation in general. Wayne said that these Cowboys are not going to make the playoffs. They are clinging on to hope though that they could get into that NFC playoff. Uh, staying alive with a win over the Eagles to improve their record to 6-6. Six and six. Now, they beat the Eagles 38-33. to 33. Trailed most of the first half, actually almost all of the first half, uh, and parts in the second half. But uh, Dallas, a real up-and-down team. If, you're, if you've watched them at all this season, they all come from behind, from big deficits. They'll blow leads against teams that they should easily beat. Really nerve-wracking team to watch. But the big thing that stuck out to me in this Cowboy win was the return of DeMarco Murray. We talked last week to Wayne Hood about how much the Cowboys have, are missing DeMarco Murray, probably missing him even more than their defensive li- leader, Sean Lee. Um, but Murray was back in this game. Uh, wasn't 100%. You could tell he was limping a little bit, but able to go enough and be effective enough to keep the Eagles defense off balance and have to, to prepare for the run and the pass. And last week um, on Thanksgiving against the Redskins, Tony Romo threw the ball 62 times. 62 times. That is way too many tonight. Sunday night he threw just 27 attempts, completed 22 of them. So I have much more uh, balance from the, the Cowboys. DeMarco Murray... Like I said, big game from him, 83 yards and a touchdown scamper. He had a 27-yard touchdown run. Felix Jones had a decent game, Um, seven rushes, 26 yards for an average of 3.7 per carry. But going forward, I think if the Cowboys can have this balance on offense, they can be much more dynamic and let Tony Romo do his thing in passing situations. He was pressured a lot um, Sunday night against the Eagles, but he was able to... to, um, move around in the pocket like he always does vintage Tony Romo he was sacked twice but through three touchdowns actually passed Troy Aikman for the all time Cowboys um, uh, passing touchdowns leader he is now number one on the Cowboys list quite impressive uh, stat there second half numbers for Tony Romo 10 for 10, three touchdowns all of his touchdowns were in the second half just magnificent um performance in the second half of the game and I think it's great for the Cowboys that he only had to throw 10 times in in the third and fourth quarter I think that really shows that they were able to continue to run the ball run it effectively enough where they could continue to run and um, that that just opens up your options on offense as our listeners probably know I'm a big advocate of running the ball Dallas, of course, before this game, was last in the NFL in rushing, but, uh, but uh, Sunday, 123 total rushing yards. Going to the other side, um, watching this game, I thought the Eagles were going to win, to be honest. Uh, they um, were in position to win, and you can't really say that of most Eagle games. Um, the, this is uh, now the eighth straight loss for Philadelphia, Um, It just seems to get worse and worse there. Uh, There's been blowout games. This was not a blowout. This was a game that very much was in hand for Philadelphia, led by seven on several occasions in the first and second half. um, To to think that they're playing with a rookie quarterback, uh, Nick Foles, and a rookie running back, Bryce Brown, and were able to be um, that close to a victory against Dallas. It's an impressive feat on the road as well. I think Nick Foles is really... Progressing well, uh, he he looks more poised than he does even a week or two ago. I've seen um, a lot of him, his playing time. I saw him on Monday night against the Panthers. Uh, saw him Sunday night against Dallas, and I saw this uh, his performance against Dallas the first time he played him three weeks ago. So he's, I, I've seen quite a bit of his um, of his play so far in his young career, and I I like what I see. I think he is possibly the quarterback of the future for Philadelphia. Um, we'll see if he continues to play with Michael Vick's um, injury situation and, and he, he, he accusing um, the doctors of a conspiracy not letting him play. Uh, we'll, we'll see if Nick Foles continues to play, and, but I, I like the way he looks so far. In, in this game, he was 22 of 34, one touchdown, uh, 251 yards, pretty decent game. You know, a game that really the only thing that you want to ask from a rookie quarterback is to put your team in position to win the ball game, and and Nick Foles d- did that against Dallas, so you really can't ask for much more. Bryce Brown, uh, that I've seen both of his starts against Carolina and now against Dallas, the rookie running back uh, playing in in uh, playing because of the injured Lashawn McCoy. This kid is good. He is a very good runner, but he has to learn how to hold on to the ball. Uh, two fumbles last week against Carolina on Monday Night Football. Another fumble that was really costly against Dallas. Uh, the Eagles were trailing um, 31-27 with about four minutes left in the game. And Bryce Brown gets has a nice gain. But fumbles the ball, and um, Maurice Claiborne, another rookie from Dallas, picks it up and runs for a 50-yard uh, touchdown the other way for Dallas. And that, that was really what ended the game. That was an, Now it was instead of a four-point deficit, it was an 11-point deficit for Philadelphia, and that was too much to overcome. Uh, Philadelphia did get their first return for a touchdown, finally um, scoring a 98-yard punt return uh, with 31 seconds left in the game but weren't able to get the onside site kick uh, to make it a little more interesting and, and ended up losing by five. Also failed on the two-point conversion. We were unable to close the game uh, to make it a three-point game. But this has been the story really all season for the Eagles. Turnovers. Uh, it was a pretty clean game all around uh, Sunday night, but the Bryce Brown fumble was... A huge, huge mistake. Um, I couldn't believe when I heard the stat, they didn't have a return for a touchdown, a punt, kickoff, interception, fumble, none of that for a touchdown until 30 seconds left in this game. So now they have one. Um, It's a tough, tough season for Philadelphia. And to be honest, I don't think Eagle fans think that it can end soon enough. It's just... Four games left. Um, it could be the last four games. Andy Reid is, you know, has the headset for the Eagles. Um, whether or not that would be the right choice or not, Andy Reid has been an excellent head coach. Don't get me wrong, but um, something's got to change in Philadelphia. We they they released uh, Jason Babbin. I think that's you know not that he's the biggest problem or was a problem at all, uh, but. More of those kind of moves are going to be made in Philly. Whether they're justified or not, somebody's going to be taking the blame. And uh, whether it's Michael Vick going to leave after this season or get cut, whether it's Andy Reid's going to go, there are changes looming in Philadelphia. And uh, By the way, this is the first, first losing season Andy Reid has had with the Philadelphia Eagles. He is the longest tenured head coach in the NFL at 14 years. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and cover perhaps what was the biggest game from Sunday. It, dreamer, Welcome back to Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. You can reach me at my Twitter, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B. You can also email me at D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B-06 at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Facebook, search Dave's Football News. I'd love to hear your comments about our show. Moving on to a big 4 o'clock game that took place on Sunday. The Pittsburgh Steelers went to visit the Baltimore Ravens, a classic AFC North matchup my opinion, the greatest rivalry in the NFL uh, the Steelers really came limping into this game after an embarrassing loss uh, last week against Cleveland. eight t- uh, giveaways in that game uh, dropped the Steelers to six and five. Baltimore, with a win would have clinched the AFC north and would have uh, been moving closer towards that number two seed, but Pittsburgh. With the third-string quarterback, Charlie Batch, the Steelers come away with the victory on the road against division rival Baltimore in a very hostile uh, place to play. They edge the Ravens 23-20. to The big things from this game, obviously, Charlie Batch. I think him hugging Ben Roethlisberger at the end of the game really says it all. Uh, this was an emotional win uh, for, for the entire team, obviously, uh, beating their division rival on the road in their place uh, just two weeks after losing to them, but uh, the the amount of heat that Charlie Batch took from his poor performance last week, obviously deservingly so, he did not play well, but the whole team played horribly, just horrible against Cleveland, and um, it, it wasn't exactly the cleanest game. The Steelers, again, turned the ball over three times. Uh, Charlie Batch threw an interception in the end zone, um, but they just continue to make mistakes, the Steelers, and, and most of them are their wide receivers. Um, Antonio Brown, on a, uh, a trick play, actually went to throw a pass, and that pass was intercepted. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders caught a pass over the middle that looked like he might go for a 50-yard gain, perhaps a touchdown, and he just, while transferring the ball into the other hand, fumbles, and the, the Steelers turn it over. Um, Mike Wallace had a few drops that, that hit his hand, cleanly hit his hand. So it was not by any means a clean game from the Steelers, but it was a, a typical Steelers-Ravens game, and Pittsburgh was able to prevail behind their third stringer, Charlie Batch. Um, but what, what, another key player for the Steelers, Heath Miller, he uh, has has really had a breakout season one of the more underrated tight ends I think in the league uh Miller had 5 catches 97 yards and a touchdown the touchdown he stretched out to hit the pylon it was a great play from Miller um and really gave uh the Steelers you know got them got them back into the game and as they were trying to claw their way into this and and they kept tying it and then gave up the lead and tied it again and this 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 touchdown tied it at 20 in the middle of the fourth quarter. Really big play um, from Miller. Going on to the other side, though, Baltimore. I don't know what to think of them, to be honest. Um, I've I've seen a few of their games. um, Obviously watched both games against Pittsburgh. And to me, in the two games that you saw against the Steelers, I just... Really unimpressed. Um, they they have, the Ravens have had big wins against you know certain teams like Oakland. Um, they have blown out a couple teams. Uh, they they haven't lost um, to anybody. They haven't lost any bad teams. Um, they they got killed by Houston, but this is something about this Ravens team that it just it just doesn't scare me. It just doesn't scare me like. Baltimore has in the past, and I just, I can't really put my finger on it, but something's different about this Ravens team, I don't know if it's, if it's Joe Flacco, um, just really isn't as good, I think, as, as really everyone thinks, or I just think Joe Flacco is pretty average, and I don't know if it's, he's not consistent week to week, but I'm looking at his line, uh, against the Steelers, 16 for 34, 188 yards, a touchdown and an interception, his interception was a very poor throw that shouldn't have been thrown he got uh, sacked by James Harrison a sack fumble in the fourth quarter that was a huge play Um, uh, good news for for the Steelers that Harrison was able to make a play like that haven't really seen much of that from him this year if he gets going the Steelers could really start doing some things on defense and by the way Troy Palamala was back in this game as well so that that's big for the Steelers. But for the Ravens, they, they rushed the ball well in this game. Uh, Ray Rice had a big uh, breakout run of 34 yards. Other than that, um, didn't get too much. Only ran the ball 12 times. Uh, Bernard Pierce g- gashed the, the defense a few times, uh, but he only ran it eight times. I, I, just, I just don't think this Baltimore team I- is that good. Uh, I'll just be playing simple. They, I know, it was at the beginning of the year, but they lost to Philadelphia, and we just talked about all of Philadelphia, Philadelphia's problems. Um, I don't want to take away anything from from Pittsburgh's win today, but they got Charlie Batch, a, a th- almost thirty-eight-year-old quarterback, a third stringer who's had, you know, what, ten days of of reps with the starting um, starting team. You saw how bad he and the Steelers played against Cleveland. And a team like Baltimore, who plays so well at home, um, wasn't able to win this game. Uh, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised that that this was a game, especially when it was 13 to six. It was 13 to three at one point, and um, the Steelers were driving. You would think, as Baltimore, if you're Baltimore, 13 to three, man, all right, we got them right where we want them. I don't think Pittsburgh's even going to score 13 points in this game. We already have 13 before halftime um and then the Steelers were driving and Mike Wallace was wide open in the end zone but Charlie batch overthrew him that that was um could have been a big momentum changer but a missed opportunity from the Steelers had to settle for a field goal are at 13 to 6 and the Steelers clawed their way back into a 13-13 then Ravens lead 2013. I think part of it is this is not the same type of Defense, dominant defense we've seen from Baltimore in the past. Um, they have a high. Uh, they have a good. They have good red zone defense. They don't give up a lot of touchdowns in the red zone, but they give up a lot of yards um, and, and a good amount of points. And without Ray Lewis, I know he might return later in the season, but you don't have your big man in the middle. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, I, I by no means do I think Baltimore is going to give up this AFC North. I, I think it's their division, definitely, even though they lost this game. I, I still think Baltimore's going to win the division. They still have a good chance at a bye um, for the playoffs. But I, I'm personally, I, I don't think uh, Baltimore is going to go that far into the the AFC playoffs. Um, even though it's a wide open, I think, conference, I'd I, just don't really see this team going deep. And you would think that, you know, um, last year they, they beat the Steelers twice. They, last year they, they finally won that division um, beating the Steelers. They went farther in the playoffs than the Steelers did. Uh, they have a better record than the Steelers do this year. They beat them at home, uh, thought they were going to beat them again, and that would have been the fourth straight win against the Steelers, swept them again. Um, so this was a big. I think this emotionally and in the in the standings because now they're not in line for that number two seed. Uh, this this was a big loss for Baltimore. Uh, we're gonna quickly go around what else happened in the NFL before we take a break uh, on Thursday. The Atlanta Falcons big win against New Orleans Saints it was at home. Uh, Drew Brees' uh, touchdown streak came to an end. He threw five interceptions. Atlanta topping the Saints 23 to 13. Houston just keeps on winning. They've won every game this season but one uh defeated Tennessee 24 to 10 on Sunday. New England hasn't lost in December since I believe 2008 if I am not mistaken that was to the Miami Dolphins. Didn't happen today. Uh they defeated uh Miami 23 to 16. Buffalo at home, they, they technically stay alive for a playoff spot in the AFC. They defeat Jacksonville 34-18. to 18. Big game, Indianapolis and Detroit. Detroit basically out of the playoffs, but um, fighting uh, for pride. Uh, led the Colts 33-28 um, to 28, uh, with seconds remaining. The last play of the game, Andrew Luck throws a pass. A screen pass that they score a touchdown on. The Colts win thirty-five to thirty-three. Who would have thought? We uh, brought on uh, Dakota Crawford last week to talk AFC South stuff, um, and talked a lot about the Colts. Who who would have guessed the Colts would have won eight games this year and would have won eight of their first twelve games the eight and four? They they haven't locked it up yet. But if you look at the other teams um, fighting for a wild card spot. They have a pretty good uh, grasp on that fifth fifth spot in the AFC. It looks like the Colts are going to be a playoff team uh, with the rookie Andrew Luck. An incredible, incredible uh, story there. The Kansas City Chiefs have an emotional win over Carolina, 27-21, to just a day after uh, Jovan Belcher had his uh, suicide at the team facility. That happened on Saturday. Uh team officials uh head coach romeo cronell um the gm scott pioli were both there uh when it happened uh, very sad story in kansas city i'm sure there will be plenty of updates on on that story and developments on it uh through the week but uh kansas city gets its second win of the season and, and an emotional one in arrowhead in a real uh Sloppy game. The New York Jets topped the Arizona Cardinals seven to six. The Cardinals have lost eight in a row after starting four and zero. The Jets, uh, we're going to get into this later in our show, but uh, Mark Sanchez benched after throwing three interceptions in the first half. Uh, behind third string quarterback McElroy, the Jets were able to prevail with just one touchdown in overtime. Do you believe there is a team? in the nfc west that is 4-0-1 against the rest of the division it is not the 49ers it is the st louis rams they topped san francisco 16 to 13 in overtime the rams are alive actually for a playoff spot in the nfc and uh let the quarterback controversy continue in san francisco as uh colin kaepernick couldn't get it done on sunday Green Bay gets a big win over the Minnesota Vikings, twenty-three to fourteen. Aaron Rodgers had a great game. Uh, big win for Green Bay as Chicago fell to Seattle in overtime, twenty-three to seventeen. A big last play uh, catch from Sidney Rice got hit really hard, got knocked out, but uh, did score the touchdown to win. So Green Bay is is even though they lost last week in uh, somewhat embarrassing fashion to the New York Giants. Green Bay is leading the NFC North again. Chicago and Seattle actually have the 5-6 and wildcard spots. Denver clinched uh, a playoff spot and with uh, with a win and a San Diego loss. Cincinnati beat San Diego 20-13. Denver defeated Tampa Bay at home 31-23. The Broncos have clinched the AFC West. And last but not least... The battle between the three and eight teams, the Cleveland Browns and the Oakland Raiders. Cleveland prevailed 20 to 17. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with our fourth and long segment. And we're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. I'm going to reference two articles on our site that you should check out. Five Top Candidates for NFL Coach of the Year, written by Gary Jordan. Uh, It's a good article about uh, the top coaches um, of the 2012 season, leading uh, the way for that award coach of the year. And another article written by Dylan Hughes, five bubble teams that still have a shot at the NFL playoffs. It's a It'll be a little bit outdated as the, the records are going to be as of uh, Saturday before most of the games on Sunday, or all the games on Sunday. But um, it's still a good slideshow article to check out. Now moving into our fourth and long segment, uh, we have some, well, all three stories really. Controversies, starting with quarterback controversy in New York. Mark Sanchez was benched, as I mentioned, uh, for Greg McElroy, who uh, threw a touchdown pass to win the game uh, in the second half over the Cardinals. Mark Sanchez was again below 50% completion percentage through three interceptions, no touchdowns. uh, Mark Sanchez should be benched for the rest of the season. I'm going to grunt. you know, I, I'm i surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'm surprised it's taken this long for, for this to happen. Uh, I think <laughs> I think it's going to happen with um, Rex Ryan's um, remarks after the game, or lack of remarks when they asked him what is the quarterback situation for next week. He said no comment. It was the first time Rex Ryan had no comment. He had nothing to say. First time in his life. Um... The uh, Sanchez is just what else? What else can you say? You just we've we. I think we go over it almost every week. Uh, certainly, ESPN goes over it all the time. Tim Tebow actually was not available in this game uh, to play. That's why uh, Greg McElroy was in. But um, whether it's McElroy or Tebow, you know, I, I don't think Sanchez is the future of this franchise anymore. Um, so you need to find another quarterback. And whether it's Tebow, I don't know. Figure it out. Use these last four games to figure out if you want Tebow, if you want McElroy, if you got to look somewhere else. Um, but Sanchez is obviously not getting it done. I, I think it's time to move on uh, without him. Whether I don't know the money situation for the Jets. I don't know if it's going to be too difficult to cut Sanchez because of his contract. I realize that is an issue. Um, but from a football standpoint, I think they should move on. Uh, without Sanchez as their starting quarterback starting next week going out west to the San Francisco 49ers I mentioned Colin Kaepernick started and did not get the win uh, against the St. Louis Rams a team that's really given San Francisco trouble this season Um, Colin Kaepernick will continue to start and will start next week for the 49ers I'm going to punt um, I I I have mixed feelings on this on this one, but I I just think Alex Smith was playing so well, this was his team, um, and for him to lose his job to Kaepernick, I I know Kaepernick. Hey, he played very well against the Bears, um, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, he's he's played great. He played great against the Saints. But um, and to be honest, I think that this is a forty nine er team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl. They're, at this point, um, they're my Super Bowl pick to win it all. But I I honestly don't think it matters which quarterback starts. I think they're going to win it with Kaepernick or Smith. But um, I I just don't know if Jim Harbaugh is is going to be willing to you know have this like growing pains period with Colin Kaepernick. That's what it is. He has just a couple starts in his career the last few weeks. And if he's going to be your starter, you're going to have these types of games. And you might lose this type of game to a team that's below 500 that you should win. Um, Whether they would have won with Alex Smith or not, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate that. But I think Alex Smith is the quarterback or should be the quarterback of this team. Uh, He was doing very well. He was having a great season. He um, just had one bad game against the New York Giants. Kaepernick could be the quarterback of the future. I, I think that Jim Harbaugh likes him a lot, and, and I like him too. He's very explosive. He has um, he, he is a great player to have running your offense. But I think for this year's 49ers, for the 2012 49ers, I, I really think Alex Smith is the guy to take them to the Super Bowl. And one other uh, controversy, a small one brewing from the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, another handshake issue with a Harbaugh brother. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Not that I'm blaming uh, John Harbaugh, the coach of uh, Baltimore, for this one. But uh, at the end of the game, uh, CBS didn't really do a good job of showing it. They were more uh, worried about showing Charlie Batch embracing Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they did not show the somewhat controversy, controversial handshake between Tomlin and Harbaugh. The two coaches met at midfield like coaches always do, and um, Mike Tomlin could have done a little better job of uh, embracing uh, Harbaugh. Not that he has to, but he... Kind of, I don't know if you want to say he was giving him the cold shoulder, but he was very quickly. He just, you know, jogged on, jogged towards Harball, put out his hand, didn't even really make eye contact, and then was going to jog away. And uh, Harball goes. Harball apparently said to him, "Congratulations." Tomlin had no response, and that was when Harball pulled him in, still holding onto his hand, and it said, "Hey, hey, I said congratulations." And Tomlin kind of gave him a blank stare and said, uh, thank you, good job, and ran away. So, I don't even know what my statement's going to be. Um, I guess uh, Tomlin or Tomlin uh, and Harbaugh, which one is in the wrong, I guess, should be my question. Um, I think it kind of showed the immaturity of, of John Harbaugh and kind of going along with his brother his brother showed a lot of immaturity last year. This is a bitter rivalry. I will say that. Uh there is no love-loss between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I don't think there's many I don't think Steeler players have many friends on Baltimore and vice versa and the coaches don't like each other. Um you know, I think Tomlin could have done a better job of with the handshake. Uh but um I think Tomlin is a real—he's a real, real person. Um, He—if he doesn't like you, he doesn't care—that you know. Um, he's that kind of guy. So he—he—he—he he, he, uh, he was honest. He—he he put out his hand, um, gave him a somewhat half-assed handshake, but uh, he didn't—he did the bare minimum. He didn't have to do anything else. And Harbaugh was kind of immature about it, especially after a loss. He seemed like a real sore loser, um, and I think Tomlin's response was pretty mature—a blank stare, um, definitely conveyed his point. You know, what are you doing? Why are you pulling me into you? Um, but he didn't do anything that would like was a Jim Schwartz response um, that would start a controversy. So, uh if you want you should you should watch the video and um interpret for yourself what you think um who was in the wrong or whatever probably not that big of a deal we'll we'll wait and see if ESPN blows up this this handshake controversy um probably not that big of a deal already knew that these teams don't like each other that's not breaking news but um just it was interesting a little bit to see uh those two coaches react in the way that they did after the game. So that's all for the fourth and long segment. We're going to take a break, quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap up today's show. And we're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. We'd love to hear uh, your response to our show. Tweet at me, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B. You can also email me, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B-06 at gmail.com. Also follow me on Facebook. Search Dave's Football News. Just to end the show, I'd like to send out our condolences to Yovan Joh- Bletcher, I believe is how you pronounce his name, Uh, The man, the player for the Kansas City Chiefs who uh, took his own life um, after killing his his girlfriend. Uh, He took his own life in the parking lot of the Kansas City Chiefs players facility um, with the head coach and the GM right there trying to stop him, trying to convince him not to go ahead and kill himself, but... uh, they weren't able to convince him and uh, he, he he took his own life uh, Saturday so I just wanted to uh, send out my condolences to him and his family uh, his girlfriend and uh, his girlfriend's family and the whole Kansas City organization that was really shaken by this event um, uh, Bill uh, Co- excuse me Bob Costas had a real interesting take on um, the story and brought up the issue of gun control in the united states and saying that if there was stricter laws with with guns and not able to buy them in the united states maybe this controversy wouldn't have happened um this is not a political show so i'm not going to go into that but um interesting uh ideas and thoughts from uh bob costas but uh, the the story at hand um don't want don't want to take it take away from the the major point that we send all of our uh, condolences once again to Bletcher and the Kansas City Chief organization. If you're listening on Monday, the Monday night game is another good NFC East uh, rivalry. The Washington Redskins and the New York Giants will be playing. The Redskins trying to move back to 500 at six and six. Uh, the Giants trying to increase that lead in the NFC East. That's all we have for today's show. In the meantime, until next week, I'm going to to go and try to find some peace in my mind.